Tanking. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, that Nashville Predators game and how bad it was from an advanced analytics perspective. But before we do that, Mike, we got some business to take care of. We got some businesses. We got some business. It's not quite time for the madness, the macho madness. Yeah, that is college basketball in March. But that doesn't mean the fun has to wait. DraftKings Sportsbook America's top rated sports app. It's true. I looked up top sportsbook apps and what came up? DraftKings. There's the proof in the pudding. Yeah, there's all sorts of DraftKings in my pudding. So, <laughs> DraftKings is giving all new players a chance to cash $100. Boom. New customers bet $1 on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game. This week, if there's a basketball game and you see it, place a bet on a three-pointer because nobody does uh, long-range twos anymore. They all go to the three-line or they try to get free throws. It's a whole philosophy. Everybody's doing it. Um, even the Pistons, my God, second round pick Saban Lee hit three three-pointers with his weird cockamamie shot that's uh, hopefully going to get corrected with some coaching there. Dwayne Casey, get on that. All right, here we go. So uh, new customers can bet $1 on any team, even the Pistons with Saban Lee. I can't stress it enough. Second round draft pick, point guard. Nobody thought he would make it. He's hitting three. So this is like free money for you. So hit a three-pointer at any basketball game this week. And if your team makes it rain, you cash $100. That's all it takes is for one one free, one three, one free three-pointer. Hit by your chosen team. Turn that dollar into $100. Sounds like a no-brainer to me. Uh, the slam dunk. Ugh, tomahawk of an offer. Won't be around forever. So head to the App Store now. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and get in on all the action. And if basketball isn't for you, because guess what? You're watching a hockey podcast, too, with a thunk it. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook has daily odds uh, that Matt loses on all the time because he bets on the Red Wings. Uh, oh. But uh, in general, hockey, uh, soccer, and so much more. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its customers since 2012. So they know a thing or two about big paydays. Mike, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. And use promo code THPN to get your shot to turn $1 into $100 when you bet on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week. That's promo code THPN for new customers to get a shot at 100 to 1 odds on any basketball team to hit a three-point shot only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Michigan, or Virginia only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. Winnings paid out. And for a $25 free bet, see DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Or in Virginia, call 888-522-3500. Yeah. All right, let's get no swearing in the ads. Now Matt's got to oh. edit. I didn't do it in the call to action, though. We should be fine. All right, Matt, let's talk some hockey. Now that we got business out of the way. Uh, uh, 
Where do we want to start? All right. So I did some research, Mike. Uh, I put together, since uh, I can't get this from Natural Stat Trick, I took all their stats, put it in an Excel spreadsheet, and took a look at the Red Wings games. Beautiful. Uh, God, uh, this was our third worst game, Mike, and expected goals against. Oh, first man. So, uh, and this, of course, we were talking about the 2 nothing defeat to the Nashville Predators. So what what happened here? Oh, look it. We got uh, Pete, Pete's on board. Huge ad read. <laughs> I thought, I thought we really nailed it on that one. Um, <laughs> Pete put some money down on Saban Lee from downtown, baby. Woo! <laughs> so here's, here's what's going on, Mike. We we have this strategy that we're all sold on here at Red Wings Rant from uh, Mr. Chuck Flashel. Um, it's to limit events. And damn it all to hell if uh, Jonathan Bernier isn't playing himself right off the team considering uh, – this was our third worst game in regards to expected goals against. Uh, and this is specifically expected goals against per six you were talking about. And, Mike, you only allowed two goals. But, Mike, where I want to focus and where Steve Eiserman wanted to focus, passive aggressively, I may add, on his press conference. Uh, yeah, yeah, we know. Let's say it again, Mike. Who's going to be our coach next season? It's not going to be Jeff. We know that. But, sorry, Pete. But he shouldn't get fired right now. And it's probably, come on, don't make that face. And we're going to lose Pete as a viewer, too. It's just going to happen because it's, I mean, Mike, it's, 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 right. It's just in the written rule. It's in the written pages of Red Wings future history. Is it not? Matt, let me, uh, let me trot out the uh, first line for you here before we fire Jeff Blaschel. Um, <laughs> Larkin, Mantha, assistant captain Franz Nielsen. <laughs> now, I know you might be saying to yourself, yeah, but Jeff is the one who put the lines together. So that's just, Michael, that's another reason to fire him. But no, Matt, nobody is scoring. It doesn't matter who you put together. Uh, I would not worry so much about uh, consistency because we've nailed the consistent part. Uh, basically, every game we score one to two goals. Um, you know, we broke that streak uh, yesterday by getting no goals. Um, but I, again, I don't know how much blame you can really put on Blaschel uh, when your first line features Franz. Don't call me a goal scorer, Nielsen. Uh, I think that, I mean, that's the best point to make. Like, uh, there, there really isn't a person that's going to come in this season and, and fix everything. And yeah. we, we've talked about it ad nauseum on the show. Uh, Mike, there's some, we got the fisticuffs up last night on Twitter. Um, like, I, I just, at, at this point, I mean, it's, it's really the long and short of it is we know he's gone. But now it's time to talk about what Steve Eiserman said. No, stop it. He's not, and, and look, Pete's right there. It would be wild if they extend him. Could you imagine? Oh, I, like, thought, I thought Pete meant Franz Nielsen because he's <laughs> a leader in that locker room. Let's, he's let's still got, him. we don't have to worry about that yet. He's, he's good. <laughs> he's got his gears. Um, All right. Look, this is where the press conference comes into play. And we're, we're going to kind of play this quick here because this is where we want the episode to revolve around. Yeah. It's like, all right, the wings lost again. Ho-hum. We know the strategy. We can break Tell that us down 10 again. ways they sucked. I'm not convinced they sucked. But we're, we're asking a question on this episode because, I, Mike, I think we would have made the assessment of with the offseason moves that we improved, correct? Okay, I'm in. All right. 
And we also said that if we're making the improvement, we can't just be outright tanky. Like, he wouldn't have improved the team. We would have just, like, stayed at an even keel uh, and, and not tried to go to that next, you know. Or, I'm sorry. or, or uh, No, I said that, right? We want to stay at the same level and not try to go to that next, that next step. It's not saying we're Stanley Cup contenders, but we wouldn't have tried to improve with, like, Vladdy Nemistikov. Um, right? Yeah, we were right, not so we take, away we take away the idea of forcefully tanking, and we say it's it's tanking because we're not good enough. So this is where we we changed the narrative yesterday or two days ago. Steve Eisman is pretty much open for business, talking about trades openly and guys moving. And now, Mike Mark Stahl's name's out there. Luke, thank God, Mark Stahl's name's out there. Luke Lendenning. Um, I'm making the argument that Jonathan Bernier is out there. Mike, we, we, we've seen even Valtteri Popola's name get thrown out. We saw Sam Gagne's name get thrown out. Of course, Bobby Ryan. We all assumed that he was just coming on to get traded. Um, all those names are getting tossed out, Mike, after that press conference. Again, I'm, I'm dubbing that press conference as the we're open for business press conference. But one of the keys, I think... Besides saying we're open for business, was Steve Eichmann hinting after being questioned about coaching and development and are we on the right track, Steve brought up production. And he, it's kind of like he said, look, I know what you're asking, all right? Here's the thing. This is what Steve said. My goals and assists are instinct. <laughs> you don't teach a guy to score goals. You don't teach him to pass the right direction. It's all instinct. And this is coming from one of the best forwards in the nhl ever okay so he's okay. he's like he's telling us scotty bowman didn't tell me how to score right what he did say is that coaching is where you're going to learn to put yourself in better positions you're going to get the strategy that's going to work with your team and then that's that's what these players like anthony mantha philip sedina are learning right now is how to play a tighter game how to really scrap and you know claw of a, a victory out okay these are all things I am gathering from his press conference. We're gathering it from his simple way of putting it. Okay, so there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of liberties I'm taking here. Hmm. But I'm saying in this press conference, he says we're open for business. He subtly, Mike, suggests in this comment that goals and assists would come from instinct. That everyone's on the trade block. We are in fact tanking. This season is done as a subtle nod uh, from Mr. Steve Eiserman and a very passive-aggressive nod that these forwards should be able to score without, no matter who's coaching, and they still aren't. Mm. What do y'all think? Lot to unpack there. Um, this is one of those, when you're playing the video game, you're playing GM mode, you don't want to piss off the players because their overall drop. You don't want to piss off your coach because then you can't make line changes in the game. Um, we'll come to that in a second, uh, the production. So my question, Matt, is uh, are we sure we know what Iserman, who he's critiquing? Because essentially he's like, I didn't need to get taught instincts. I just knew how to put pucks in nets. So in a way, that's kind of criticizing the players. And he's also saying, if coaching's going to put you in a good spot, and uh, if you've seen our rushes uh, on offense, I don't know if we're putting our guys in great spots to score goals because uh, 
no matter who's on that front line, if it's uh, Larkin plus fill in the blank plus fill in the blank, uh, no goals are going in nets. Um, and I don't know if Larkin all of a sudden just doesn't know how to play hockey anymore. Uh, so that kind of means to me that the blame is definitely shared amongst uh, the parties there, uh, coaching and, and player. Um, I, I don't know if it's more one way or the other, uh, but Matt, is this further proof that we're done with Blaschel after this? I, I I think you and I at least have gone as far to make the, the right points that Bla- Blaschel was, was certainly done. I think the only question now is, is it actually worth it to do it in, in, the, in the middle of the season, right? Like, is there any point to making that move now, especially with COVID and who knows how long it's going to take to get another system and coach rolling in this? And if we're talking about development, does that mean we're cutting Ugh. away a month of development in regards to what Steve said himself is, uh, is putting together uh, more of a defensive strategy uh, or, or teaching these kids what it takes to claw yourself to victory? I mean, essentially what the Red Wings are doing right now is their strategy is to not lose 7-2. to two. That's success for this team right now. That's, that's success for this team. <laughs> uh, you said it yourself. Basically, every episode, uh, you know, since season two of uh, Red Wings Rant started, just limit chances. And then maybe we'll get lucky. And if we get the chances 50-50, sometimes we'll win because we'll get, you know, the one extra goal. Um, Matt, this is the most toothless power play I've ever seen in my years of watching hockey. Um, it looks like the bumble from the Rudolph the Red New- Red Nose Reindeer uh, stop motion movie because there's there's no teeth, there's no bite. Uh, we keep the puck in uh, the other team's zone roughly if, the time it we, takes roughly the time it, it takes to start a stopwatch, and then the puck <laughs> is already being cleared all the way to the other side. Then you have to stop your stopwatch again. Um, so for that, are we really saying like Bobby Ryan just doesn't know how to score anymore? Uh, Larkin suddenly has just forgotten how to score. Uh, Mantha's forgotten how to score. Um, I I don't know. I don't know if uh, it's necessarily just the collective. Everybody's in sync and just you know this weird uh, M Night Shyamalan the happening where everybody just kind of backs up. And forgot how to score. Um, I don't know if I need more pop culture references, but whew, I'm just saying, I think we have the ammunition to at least bring in some coach who'll be like, you know, it'd be great if we tried to score on the power play. Call me a madman, but, you know, maybe, you know, sustain, well, sustain a little pressure, make somebody sweat a little bit. Um, you know, I, <laughs> there's enough ineptitude on the power play to, to think about it. Because, uh, you know, we've talked another. I want to get your thoughts, but just one last point is. Uh, <laughs> I know, you asked me like three questions. <laughs> I'm going to get to you, Matt. Just um, we talked about forming bad habits. And yes. essentially, we if we don't change anything, we're going to go a whole season of uh, being one of the historically worst power play units ever. And we're not not learning how to score with the man advantage. Um, it's actually something we dread because it's so bad. All right. Just another reason to move on potentially early. Uh, Oh, move on from Jeffy. Potentially. (laughs) 
I, I still, I'm still in the camp that it, it, it's not worth it. I think there's too many holes right now, and I don't know what, like, what do you, what do you put in instead? And who, what, what are you doing? You're putting in a guy that's going to hang on to the team until the end of the season, or you're just putting in one of these assistant coaches that can't get anything right. Um, I think, I think that would probably be the worst case scenario. Um, I did hear mentioned earlier today too. I thought was a really good point that uh, they thought Jeff was going to be doing a different role when he was uh, relieved of his duties with the Red Wings. Uh, so maybe that's why they're not really going to like make a big statement and a big stink and make this look like it's all his fault. Um, and I think that's primarily it, right? Like we're not seeing anything that would suggest he's going to get an extension, but I don't think there's enough of a team here to say that he's the reason it's, it's failing. And that, and that's where I, I made the question at the start of, uh, or actually just the title of this episode I put as are, are we officially tanking? And I, I painted that picture that maybe we were just going to tank or tank even though we weren't trying to because we improved the team, like we we're just going to tank because there still wasn't enough talent there. But then this placement of Franz Nielsen on the first line, I think it's like that first sign yeah. that what this grand scheme is. And after Eisman said himself like, Oh, Jeff's following my, my plan, or at least the plan they put together. I, I'm just, look, I'm not, I don't even know if it's, Fair to say that I've got a tinfoil cap on at this point because yeah. Franz Nielsen is on our first line in practice, Mike. I think it's it's officially – I think we're just done, and I think they're going to chalk it up to, well, nobody's putting the puck in the net, so we're just going to try anybody on the first line. No, I, I actually, if you look at the advanced uh, analytics there, Darren Helm didn't have a terrible game. He hasn't no. had a terrible game the last couple. I actually I just, thought he was a positive. Um, you well, know, actually – Maybe he wasn't uh, quite, you know, doing the stick handling on the offensive uh, offensive end, but he was still, you know, on the forecheck and creating at least a little bit of pressure so that Larkin and Mantha could get open for a play. So his his job was not, uh, you know, he was Tyler Bertuzzi. Yeah, he's Tyler Bertuzzi with a lot less talent. Um, <laughs> I will say though, I did like taking a look. Like I think it was our fourth line that ended up having like our best performance from a possession and uh, strength of shots on goal. So from yeah. that expected goals uh, viewpoint, they actually had the best game. Uh, so I was like, maybe Nielsen just had such a great game. That's why they kicked him up to the first line. But, um, you know, I, conspiracy theories, we're full into it right now. And we were into it last season. Um you know, every time Jimmy Howard got another game, it was kind of like, "All right, we've got enough of this, Bergier. Let's get another loss in there. We're getting, we're getting a little too hot right now." So I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say we're definitely moving past like the subtle tank. We're moving past the no, we improved. We're we're trying to get better. I think we're moving past that and getting into this zone of we're we're done. And I think. I think the cherry on top, or when this officially becomes tankathon, is when Bernier's gone. I think Oof, I think that's a coming. Be, I think we're all going to be. be days. What was that? These are going to be. Those are going to be some rough days when Bernier's gone. Because uh, <laughs> finally uh, went away from his rotation. You know, letting the goalies take turns uh, after Bernier stood on his head with uh, I think thirty-eight saves, and then against the Predators, man, he was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's the only reason we were in that game. And then uh, he really got hung out to dry on that power play goal. 
um oh my god where we had a nice diamond going and then as you if you watch the play again you could watch it deteriorate into basically four guys in a line and they all just kind of get out of the way for a wide open uh one-timer uh coming out of the circle there but oh that was a yeah. nauseating kill. Bernier was supposed to give up according to the advanced analytics he's supposed to give up three goals in that game so he he's Bryce is in the negative, I think, when it comes to goals allowed versus expected goals allowed. But Bernier is just crushing this thing right now. Like, uh, the way I heard it described earlier this week is just he's proved now two seasons in a row. He he knows what to do behind this team's strategy. He's built to play well with the Detroit Red Wings. That being said, I think you could fool some teams and get in a pretty juicy trap come in your way. Because of how well he's playing. I really thought Bernier was going to be gone last year. Um, and I, I thought we were going to play that game that uh, I was kind of hoping we'd do with Bryce this year. Uh, yeah. Juice up the trade value coming back to you because there's a couple years left on the contract. But now it's just kind of like, all right, you, you throw Bernier away because, shoot, I don't know. And he's playing well enough, right? Like, you, you don't even... You don't even expect him to want to stick around. I think he'd want to try something out next year. Unless it's just like a loyalty game, but I, I think he'd want to try something. Yeah, at some point, I want him to, uh, you know, be in the playoffs again. You know, I don't want this to be the end of his hockey career. I'll be a part of this. This definitely feels like uh, the eight years of rebuilding. It's that's how rough so, these lines look. But yeah, I did want to come back to uh, the production line. Uh, he he did let us know we sound like two. Ken Cal's and no Woods. Uh, I think uh, from our ad read. I'm hoping. I, I hope that. <laughs> I hope that they're not taking the the Paul Woods uh, idea that he's like an encyclopedia for hockey players. And, and well, there's definitely no Paul Woods here. Um, <laughs> but he said, uh, should Eisman take a run at Brad Brindamore? Um, of course, instilling one of the most impressive puck possession strategies, styles of play that I think we've we've ever seen. Uh, it, it's it's almost like from. Um, from that uh, the the analytics community, you're either trying to do what Barry Trotz is doing, which is limit the events, so he's got a very similar style to uh, to Jeff, or you just try to own the puck the entire game, which is what Rod and and his team do. Now I'll, I'll say this: as far as I I, I know, uh, like I, I don't maybe I don't know the whole story on Rod Brindamore. I I don't know his availability. Uh, come the end of the season, uh, to be honest, I am assuming if he was available, uh, I don't know if we'd be on the top of his list, but like I said, at the beginning of the season, I picked Carolina to win this division because I love the way that they're set up and style. Um, so if there was a chance to bring over the guy who did it, I I'd be all for it. I, I just, uh, yeah, like it's one of those things to me. I would, it's a no brainer. I'd absolutely do it. Um, I know there's probably some questions on the, some of the stories that popped up in the off season, but if we're strictly talking like what kind of strategy would I want to see um, in place for this team? Uh, I, I would absolutely want Rod on this team and uh, production line throughout there. Our prospects could entice him. Uh, I think we talked about in the last episode, I, I was weary of, of Lucas coming in on the next season. So I think there's, there's, there's definitely something here for him to go, okay, I, I can see Steve Eiserman is bringing in players through free agency. 
I can see that there's, you know, an, an identity here of how this team is going to be built in regards to uh, getting draft picks. Let's, let's build through that. We're not going to rely on free agency, but mixing that idea together, if Steve's been able to bring in some guys through free agency, he can definitely bring over the draft picks so he can build through that. I think Rod would see that and say, there's definitely something here. I just don't, uh, I think my question is if he's available. I think that's, that's where my head's at. Is that, am I missing something uh, from the production line? Uh, I, I just, that I would absolutely want him. I thought I he signed, uh, did he not sign a three-year deal three years ago? So, okay. So he's either then, on the cusp of getting, uh, like, rehired, I believe. Um, okay. But uh, I, I think that uh, uh, production line brings up a good point because uh, you're going to get to, as far as, like, a management spot or a coaching spot, I think as bad as the Red Wings are, I think this is maybe the ideal place uh, in the next year or two to um, basically have your own sandbox and do whatever the hell you want because this cap sheet is going to be wide open. Um, you have exciting prospects that um, nationally and internationally um, are pretty exciting for people. Um, and then you have the Iserman factor. As skilled as you know, Ken Holland was at signing um, – you know, big name free agents with the uh, the big open checkbook and uh, making some pretty good some trades. We live in a new era, obviously, uh, with the cap, and uh, I, I think people really like playing for Iserman, the man, and I, I don't think that that can be understated. Um, knowing that you know, if as a as a coach or a player, you kind of want to you know get in somebody's ear, somebody you trust, somebody who's gonna you know tell you the truth. Um, Almost across the board, I think you're going to be able to kind of mold this team, you know, with his plan. So, um, you know, being able to kind of fill out that um, that roster with the players that you want, uh, free agent wise, uh, like you mentioned with the prospects, and then as far as getting the coaching staff together, this is just, uh, you know, a totally like like the best possible environment I could think of for somebody on the on the cusp who wants to build a team. This is this is a great situation. So I guess from the perspective of would he, would he want to come to Detroit? The only thing I, I would caution on because he's he's pretty much coming out of the situation then for Carolina where they were building, they were drafting, and now they're legit second place in the division. And again, I picked them to win the division. I, I feel really good about Carolina this year. If they don't want him, that's one thing. But does he want to jump into doing the exact same thing? He just like he's got the completed product now in Carolina. Um, does he want to go through this again? Because I, I like we'll reference people want to play for Steve Eiserman, the human. Uh, but we can't forget that Rod is also a human. He's also aging. Um, how many more times? Like, can his morale take this? Can can he still come in and and be Rod Brendamore? knowing that it's not going to be as successful as it was in Carolina and it could be even a little bit longer of a journey than it was. Well, I think Carolina was, you know, um, I think in Detroit, it could be a lot less gradual. Um, You're talking to, I, I hate throwing this out there, but I think it it's, it's true now that Iserman's back. I mean, you're working with an original 16, you're working with a city that cares about hockey. Uh, When the Red Wings travel, I think they still have red jerseys out in the crowd. 
Um, so I, I still think that this is a really enticing uh, situation, uh, even for Rod leaving a successful team to come here because it's the Red Wings. And I, I would not say that um, if it was still Holland. Um, I, I will say because it's Steve. He's he's literally, you know, we all have red blood. You know, once it gets uh, oxy oxygenated, <laughs> oxygenized. Um, but yeah, Red Wing, Red Wing blood, man. That Red Wing red. That's what's coming out of Steve. Um, I, I really think that, that that cannot be, it can't be said enough. It, it, it's, it's, it's such a drawing point. Well, I, I hope, uh, I hope that answers the question. I think to sum up and the whole time I was talking to, I kept trying to find, I'm glad you found that information on Rod's contract, but, uh, sum up, I think if it was up to me, I, I mean, that, that is a name that is one of the most exciting coaching names in hockey, because that, I mean, that. If I try to figure out why am I such a huge fan of Carolina and have been, it's because of the way that their, their strategy is just to rag the puck, and I love it. And I think it calls back to when the Red Wings were so successful and how, like, I mean, the Corsi score was invented because people wanted to see why the Red Wings were so successful. And then you saw, oh, they just own the puck for 60 minutes. So that, that would be us trying to wind the clock back. So I think ultimately, yeah, if it was up to me, I, I'd want Rod. Uh, and I think the only sticking point right now is, does he want to do what he just completed in Carolina? Does Carolina want him back? And it probably depends on the success they have right at the end of the season or if um, some of the conversations, again, that happened because of his relationship with Minnesota – um, if any of that comes into play with him sticking around, I, I mean, wanna... this is, this is the yeah. Dallas Cowboys. This is the Los Angeles Lakers. This is the Detroit Red Wings. I, I think if Rod hasn't re-signed here <laughs> shortly, I think that it's definitely in play. I think that's a pretty exciting prospect to bring him aboard. And I, I think, uh, Iceman's going to have his pick of the litter, Matt. It's going to be an exciting summer, but unfortunately we still got to wait a few months and play these games. <laughs> And wait for this season to end. Um, as long as it, yeah. as long as it's gonna feel, uh, it's gonna feel longer. But uh, I think after this, it's uh, gonna start coming together. So, well, with that, uh, we do have a conversation with uh, Hungry for Hawks talk. So we're gonna be, uh, um, it's kind of, I don't know. It was, it was a weird conversation to have because we're pivoting. Where this episode was at least talking about the Red Wings on a whole. We go deeper into Red Wings versus Blackhawks, and as we know, we're 0 4 so far. Uh, so yeah, uh, this is Grant from Hungry for Hawks Talk coming on board. We actually just finished before we started recording here, so uh, I want you guys to uh, sit back and relax. This is a long one, so you get to know the Hawks a little bit better on uh, what's been happening when they're not destroying us. <laughs> and uh, we give our we give our picks at the end, and I'll I'll just say, um, you know, I, I'm not feeling quite as high as I was uh, at the start of the season. We actually referenced that uh, at the start of the conversation here, uh, where I actually picked us our last time we talked for us to go two and zero in those first two games against the Blackhawks. So uh, we'll, we we touch on that so much more. So uh, everybody, sit back, relax. This is previously recorded, so uh, unfortunately, no more questions. So keep it to yourself. Uh, production line, thank you for, for tuning in. Uh, we're glad to have you. And fantastic Twitter handle and uh, name, uh, by the way. Uh, and we know what a huge Red Wings fan you are. Uh, yeah, he's out. We're going to talk about All right. See you later. <laughs> Thanks for coming in. All right. Mike, also, uh, did you? Oh, no. You know what? We have a quick ad. We got to run. Whoopsies.
Um, All right, we'll get that ad out there. Where's that darn ad? All right, everybody, check out Senzauer's promo. This is uh, too bad production line's going to miss this because you don't you don't want to miss the Ottawa Senators podcast, the team who are fighting for dead last. Um, sorry, guys, just had to rib somebody because we can't rib anybody else. Uh, so yeah, check this out, guys. It's gonna be really interesting. Like, I like Pinto, and I, I remember everyone like. And this is the thing that I think Sense fans need to start realizing: we need to stop looking at the draft. We really need to stop looking at a player being like he was drafted way too early. You know who you can make an argument who was drafted way too late? Mark Stone, sixth round pick, and now he's making nine and a half million dollars. Pajot, drafted I think in the fifth round and making five million. Hoffman. Welcome to the Sense Hour Podcast, your number one source for Sense content, part of the Hockey Podcast Network, hosted by Shane from Ottawa and... And Derek from Muskoka, almost near Leaf Country out here. Um, but I think Clevin was, was right up there because they traded up to get him uh, with the Leafs. And again, they, they passed up some talented players for a guy like Clevin, but now Clevin's all of a sudden looking like a talented player himself. Like that goal that he scored um, in the third game in UND was outrageous. It was just not something you're expecting from the Twitter scouts, especially. <laughs> Sends our podcast, your number one stop for all your Senators content. New episodes coming at you every Monday and Thursday, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Have a good one. Stay safe. Take care. I like that one little extra bump. All right, uh, thanks for everybody that uh, hung around for that. That was uh, so since our podcast. That was the tenth of an episode right there. Um, all right, let's roll. Like two of our episodes. My God. All right. So. <laughs> all right, everybody, enjoy this interview, and uh, we're gonna send off the episode with this interview. So uh, see you later. Go Wags. Psycho. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's Matt from Red Wings Rant. Of course, uh, let's let me recap here because I'm probably going to be attaching this to the end of an episode I just recorded, so you guys all know uh, what's going on here. But uh, I guess, uh, yeah, for anybody that's listening to Hungry for Hawks Talk podcast, that's who I am. So if you guys want to uh, <laughs> jump on board uh, with the uh, the old Lake. Michigan rivalry, uh, kind of, even though we're on the other side of Michigan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, co- come on board to Red Wings Red to uh, see, see what's going on. And, uh, of course, uh, today, for all the Red Wings Rant listeners, uh, we have, just like a couple of weeks ago, we have Grant from, uh, well, yeah, I just said it, Hungry for Hawks Talk Podcast. Grant, how you doing? Good, man. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. Uh, can you tell? Uh, that my notes are scattered and all over the place just by this intro. Yeah, it's all good, man. We're doing it live. It's improv. We're going for it. Uh, I'm looking at my face right now. So for personal reasons, I had to shave. Uh, there may, yeah, or may you, not you be. Had a, you had like a survival Bear grills Bear yeah, beard it, going on last time we talked. It was definitely, uh, I don't have to leave the house, so what am I doing? Uh, mm-hmm. And now uh, my brother and I, we actually both have a reason uh, to leave the house. Uh, to, well, that, I, I don't want to get into that, but man, I'm looking at, I, like, I've, I guess I haven't seen my face without facial hair on this camera. It looks yeah. awful. Oh my God. 
I'm not excited no, to record. Look, you look fine. <laughs> I look like such a baby. Um, <laughs> Grant, uh, we'll, we'll, I, I digress. Uh, let's, let's get into the hockey talk here. Uh, last time we talked, so we, we were four games into the season, right? Uh, Red yeah. Wings were two and two. Blackhawks, uh, I think you guys were 0 and 4, maybe 0 3 and 1 or something like that at that point. Yeah, um, we were, we started off 0 and 4. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it, it definitely, uh, took a turn, I would say, where my uh, my hype level was at at two and two, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, where you were at with uh, with zero and four. Um, I yes. think this conversation it, it, it would be interesting to actually listen to these back to back because I went as far as to say, and you you agreed with me uh, that we were going to take both games that weekend <laughs> against the Blackhawks and man oh man did it not go that I mean oh my gosh it's been four games now of I, I'm I'm fine saying it complete domination uh by Chicago over Detroit. Yeah how, how does it feel <laughs> from your perspective? I mean it feels good it feels good in that you know I can't uh it, it feels good to win because it's right. always you know winning is always fun um you can see it in the play you can see it in the players like they're having fun out there which is something that you know we did not have last year you know there was no kind of i mean other than in in the playoffs uh like in the expanded playoffs when we actually snuck in there by right. technicality um <laughs> there, it was I mean, there's, like, there's other reasons that you know red wings fans think that <laughs> You guys got in there. Was they were checking the docket and seeing <laughs> how far down were the Blackhawks? All right, this yeah. is where we yeah, can draw the line yeah. here. Yeah, we can, we can, <laughs> we can make five hundred a thing. You know, it's uh, we're, we're not at the basketball <laughs> level where like a four seventy three winning percentage is, uh, you know, is is a playoff okay. team. Um, but but yeah, anyway, uh, it's it's fun to watch these guys play. Uh, so it's good in that sense. It's bad in the sense that I can't get power down for Owen going anymore um and uh you know i yeah i mean like like you said last last time we we talked i even went so far to say that uh you know that we would end up below the detroit red wings this year simply because simply because i i figured you know you guys had some some pretty good off-season additions uh i thought thomas grice would be a decent goaltender moving forward uh bobby ryan was doing his thing there and uh you know but Nope, it has not happened like that. Eh? <laughs> well, it's fun. What's funny too? I think the most chirping that that we got, it was positive for us and negative for you guys, was from the Nashville Predators. Who, mm. um, I mean, you know, they took care of us pretty handily. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's definitely from a, an advanced analytics perspective uh, in the last game. But uh, I mean, yeah, you guys, you guys are standing pretty tall over those Predators right now too. So they they kind of definitely took a tumble that. That was really where I started to take like a, a harder look because I, I think at the beginning of the season, we all kind of knew with the injuries that it was going to be a struggle for Chicago. Um, yeah. It's just those first four games were such an eye opener. And I think it, if anything, you know, getting the, that chance to, uh, uh, you know, have your way with the Red Wings, <laughs> <laughs> like it, it almost, it, I don't know if, if you want to say like, um, you know, open the floodgates or, or it was just that, that opportunity for them to like build some chemistry, you know, let's, let's build up morale because that, 
those those two games, man, they they weren't fun for me to watch. But you could see on the Chicago bench, like that was that was fun. That was something I think to them where they were like, holy, holy crap, look, <laughs> look at this, look at what we're doing, huh? We're like a real hockey team. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, it's it's it it might have been good timing. It might have been one of those things where um. I, I like to think that all sports fans at some point have watched uh, Major League. I don't know if you're a fan of the film, baseball movie, Charlie Sheen. No, I haven't actually seen that one. No, uh, good one. Should. It's uh, it's about uh, Cleveland Indians that are struggling at the time. And, and they, they were like well known when this film came out as like a team that's just never going to win a championship. Right. Um, <laughs> so they, they tell this story about Cleveland just is going to tank on purpose and then move down to Florida. And um, you, you, you got to see kind of like those first four games from the Blackhawks. And then, uh, then they caught like a sniff of like what upper management was trying to do. And they just flipped it. You know, everybody became buddies. They got to know each other. It's, it's yeah. you know, it's one of, it's a classic sports comedy. I, I like mm-hmm. to think uh, highly yeah. recommend it for anybody that hasn't had a chance to, uh, to check it out. Um, definitely was an opportunity for, uh, Wesley Snipes and, uh, Charlie Sheen to, to uh, let the world see what they can do. Uh, yeah. but besides that, I think right now it's that story of what the Chicago Blackhawks did because they just needed, instead of, instead of banding together against upper management, I think they just banded together just by destroying us. And they said, Hey, I think, <laughs> I think we can do this. I, I think now, yeah. um, I, I did want to throw this out and then I want to toss it back over to you uh mm-hmm. on what you think that game really did for you guys but is it Pius or Pius because Mike Tirico is what threw the wrench in for me on the last time the Red Wings and the Blackhawks played right how do you how do you pronounce that first name for Suter I think oh, I've heard it from our guys and also I mean from Eddie Olchek and and uh and the other guys and stuff and I'm pretty sure it's Puce Puce Suter. Oh my gosh. So Puce both of the ones Suter. that I had in mind were wrong. All right. So yeah. thanks a lot, Mike Tarico. <laughs> <laughs> but like, Puce yeah, you read it and it's pious, right? right. I, I'm, I'm guilty of saying pious as well, but uh, I think it's just Puce. I, that'll I think be that's easy to remember because uh, I, won't, I won't be mixing up Pius and, and Mike, yeah. Mike, Mike Tarico is, uh, I think, beloved here in Detroit because that's where he's from. But uh, yeah, he's heard us before with this this garbage. All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I just, I guess uh, that's where we can move the conversation is is how you feel I, I, from that major league. Um, hmm. Complete. I guess I didn't need to go too deep into that movie, <laughs> but yeah, like what you see on those parallels of how. Yeah, I mean, I I also I also wouldn't be surprised if that's exactly what happened in the locker room. You know, Uh, (laughs) I honestly would not be. I mean, I don't think I don't think the relationship between the players and upper management is is all that great, especially with Stan Bowman at the helm. Um, You know, it's it's been pretty well documented that uh, he doesn't care what the players think which is something that can, you know, rub players the wrong way, especially the guys that have been there for decades and have won you championships. Um, I think they deserve, their voices deserve to be heard. Uh, So, you know, going into this season, we had everything stacked against us, right? We uh, got rid, we walked away from a franchise goaltender who ended up retiring. Uh, Our captain was injured. Uh, He's still injured. He's still out. We don't know when he's coming back or if he's coming back. Um, 
uh, Kirby Doc, our, our rookie sensation from last year, who took a big step forward going into the playoffs last year, uh, was out after one shift in the World Junior Championships, which to this day, I still think that was the right decision for him to go. All the people who say, oh, you know, it's just a silly tournament. Who cares? It does matter because yeah. it's a Canadian boy. It matters for Canadians. So that's it. Like, it, it doesn't matter what you think of the tournament. It matters to him. It matters to Kirby Doc. It matters to his family, to his friends. So I don't think anybody can say anything about that. There's a lot um, of recency bias mixed in there because if he comes yeah. out of that tournament with like an MVP award, no, precisely, nobody's, yeah, nobody's precisely. Bad eye. precisely. And it's like it, everything would have like the the benefits of that happening far outweigh, you know, any negative things that that are going to happen. And you know, he's still 19. He's only 19 years old. Yes, he loses a year of development, but it's not like he's stalling, right? Like he's. He already has that NHL experience. He's been around with the guys. He was with us the whole year. Um, he knows what it what it takes to succeed in this in this game. So I'm not worried about Kirby Doc at all. I still think it was the right decision to send him to the World Junior Championships. Um, but yeah, everything was stacked against us. We had all these new guys come in, all these new guys uh, that were hungry, waiting for their opportunity to jump into the into the lineup and show that they belong in the NHL. Uh, got their opportunity and now they've started to roll with it we would not be in this spot without kevin lankinen too i mean kevin lankinen has really stepped up and and uh really played stood on his head for a lot of the games because you know uh, our defense is still pretty suspect um like you saw it in in uh in our most recent game against columbus blue jackets uh where you know it was it was a shootout it was a shootout gallery you know we a lot of our defensive play and, and miscues are still there, um, but the effort is better this season, which is something that uh, was not present last year. And you are starting to see Kevin Lankinen start to make some mistakes. You know, the um, he is still a rookie, so mistakes right. happen. Uh, you know, we we have some some young guys on the back end, Ian Mitchell, Boakfist. They they're still making mistakes, but the majority of the play this year has been a complete 180 from how we've been playing last year. Um, guys are for or back checking more. And I, I think I wouldn't be surprised Go, going back to, to my point at the beginning that if, you know, the, the veterans were kind of like, you know what, like we're not done. We're not done. We, we, this could, we are saying that we're going into a rebuild, but, with the likes of Duncan Keith and Patrick Kane, we can still win. And they're showing that today and, and this season so far. Yeah, I think one of the things with Lankinen too is uh, he, he's diverse, uh, diversified his portfolio a little bit here, where at the start when he, he had those hot games against the Wings, I think you could probably look at that and just go, you know what, the Wings are going to play low event. They're not going to score goals, so ho-hum. But when you take a look at the game log, and I'm guilty, uh, everybody that's listening, I, I'm pulling it up just now for the first time. <laughs> but, I mean, sure, Detroit's the uh, the shutout, but you've got Nashville, Dallas, Columbus, Carolina, all mixed in there with uh, above 930 save percentage games. And the shots are there. I think, uh, as, as you, you know, Grant, you're watching every game, so you know the shot totals are going to be up in those Chicago Blackhawks games. Um, at least that's, you know, that's what I can look at right here with Lincoln. And, um, I, 
it's it's almost I, I guess I don't wanna I'm tiptoeing here. I think it's pretty obvious. <laughs> it's it's legit a great start to his career. Yeah. I think we could say that. Yeah. Um he is scaring the crap out of me though, that it, it has been it has been just for a lack of a better term and using it for the second time on this episode. But I mean, domination between him and what he's seeing when the wing wheels coming down at him. But uh, it, it is something, at least for Red Wings fans, that, uh, and the reason I mentioned that is that this isn't one of those things that uh, he, he's just getting those numbers up against us. Cause that, that was one of the things I've seen bantied about online. And it's like, so what? He's not that great. It's just against us. But, um, I mean, for all, for all intents and purposes, I mean, this guy, you, you could make the argument. I know the heart conversation is starting for, uh, for Pat, Patty Kane, and I, I did want to get into that. But for what Lankinen is going to have to do to be successful here, um, and, and if, if Patrick Kane is just, you know, he's, he's being Patrick Kane, right? I mean, yeah. that, that's, that's, you, you see what he's doing right now. It's just, okay, he's, he's scoring like Patrick Kane has been scoring his entire career. Yeah. If Lankinen comes in and finds the success and continues it for the rest of the season, maybe he gets that save percentage up a couple more points. I don't know. This guy could be wearing some hardware. He should be in the conversation if this team is in the playoff conversation come the end of the year. Yeah. If even if they're just in the conversation, I think that 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 is that big of a difference. And he does look like you put it. He's he's standing on his head. It does look that crazy every game. Like it does look like this guy is doing everybody's kung fu fighting with the um, go to that the old music video. And I mean, the guy is just moving all over the ice. We come back to the shot. The shot attempts is, it's got to be scary. I know for Red Wings goaltenders, they get to come in and know that it might be a nice, easy night besides the last game for the Red Wings. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I mean, I I guess I know you want to be cautious as somebody that is, uh, you're hosting a Blackhawks podcast. You're watching the games. You don't, you don't want to be the one that's going to sit there and say, this guy's grabbing hardware. But I, I mean, if if I'm completely honest, and I've been watching hockey for, for like 20 years now, this is the kind of thing, it's a great story, but it's one of those things that you almost want to make sure that you are starting to campaign for the hardware, because this could be a one and done. We've seen, you know, the likes of like Jordan Bennington, despite, you know, much longer road to the NHL. Yeah. Um, we've seen that completely fall off. So this is one of those things where I do, I, I am, the brand is, I hate the Blackhawks, but with how that guy's playing, I, I just don't know, like, it's, it's almost like you got to do the job, right? As, as us hosting and me trying to be less of a Blackhawks hater, um, I, I'm fine saying it. I mean, that guy, he he's the one that is that difference maker that should be the big story at the end of the year, should all of this continue to move in the same direction. But um, yeah, I know. I know from your perspective, you probably want to be more cautious. But yeah, I. I mean, from my viewpoint, I'm sitting on the couch. But I. I see a guy that should at least be in that that conversation because of what he, what he's got in front of him. Yeah. No, for sure. Uh, like especially when you got Mr. Pylon Nikita Zadorov over there, <laughs> just standing in front of you doing nothing <laughs> for you. Um. Except like, yeah, it's just. My co-host and I have a have a thing about Nikita Zadorov. He has a bigger thing for him as well. But um, you know, 
I don't know if he's going to win the Hart Trophy. He definitely uh, should be. He definitely should be in the conversation with you. Like, like you said, I agree with you there. Um, but yeah, the Hart Trophy only Patty Kane. Uh, I, I, I don't want to. Yeah, you really got to blow socks off, right, for a yeah. goaltender to get yeah. a Hart Trophy nod. So but I, Calder, I agree with you there. Calder, maybe the Calder Trophy <laughs> might be something that's attainable for Kevin Lankinen. Uh, if he continues to play the way he's playing and he has started to, you know, he's at, at the beginning of the season, we couldn't really find any fault in his game. You know, he was still getting figured out. Um, he was making all the saves that he was supposed to. Uh, he was, you know, just phenomenal for throughout the first, I'd say 10, 10 ish or so games. Um, but then we start seeing him, uh, you know, we we're starting to his, his stamina is, is going to be an issue. Well, not an issue, but um, something to monitor because he obviously hasn't played against this high of uh, skill of, of competition before. Um, and we're basically playing him every other night because he's the only viable option at <laughs> goaltender that we have uh, in order to win games. So we may be seeing him starting to tire a little bit. He's starting to let in goals that, you know, maybe he should have. Uh, his rebound control is, uh, you know, uh, has been a bit of an issue. Uh, in, in that, you know, he 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 kind of has a hesitancy. Like I, I mentioned this a couple episodes ago in my podcast. Um, yeah. he, he seems to have a hesitancy of of holding the puck, you know, and not and and you know, waiting for the whistle. He kind of just wants, you know, the the, the team to go. And and in certain points, yes, that's that's very good to do. But you know, at, at the same time, if if your team's been hemmed in your own zone for over a minute, or at least for 30 seconds, even you you want to hold on to that puck and and let them let your boys get some rest get a line change and and try to win that face off right like you uh so so it, it's it's a few little things that uh that he's gonna learn obviously because he's still a rookie um but yeah so heart trophy might be a little a little difficult oh, yeah uh but calder i think is is something that's very attainable and i mean the blackhawks have honestly the pick of the litter when you when it comes to the calder trophy we have so many we, we we must have the most rookies playing on a team in the right. league so far. I mean, you know, you, you got Pew Suter, you got uh, Philip Kurashev, who's having a phenomenal season. Like, this is the thing. It's not, it hasn't just been Patrick Kane and Kevin Lankinen. Everything has been breaking right for the Blackhawks this season, despite all of the odds that were stacked against us, like I mentioned earlier, right? Seabrook didn't come back. Um, at, at the beginning of the season, like we thought he would, he ended up sustaining an injury in training camp. Uh, Andrew Shaw has now since gone down with another concussion. He is out indefinitely, uh, which is very, very unfortunate. Um, again, we mentioned the captain, we mentioned Kirby doc. Um, so we're having all these guys step in. Alex DeBrinket has found his, his confidence as well. Um, he's finally become the winger that Patrick Kane has long missed since Artemi Panarin left. Well, not left since we traded him. Um, so, you know, all these things have, have really been the reason that the Chicago Blackhawks are, are where they are. Um, everybody's been kind of playing above their projected, uh, I guess, skill level. So right. it's just been it's it's been fun to watch, right? I mean, at the beginning of the season, we're oh three and one against the Florida teams, and I thought, oh, you know what? Yeah, this is what we expected. 
we knew this was going to happen. Look at all these things um, that are against us. And, you know, we, we found the answer in net. We found the answer in upfront in our top, top nine, I would say, forward group. Everything seems balanced right now, despite not having Kirby Doc and Jonathan Taves in the lineup. Um, and our defense has been holding up. And I'll throw out there, I mean, I'm, I'm still, like I said, you got to get that safe percentage up. But I, I, I definitely think if you can get that a little bit higher, then probably the best knows probably where my head's at. But I, what I wanted to throw out, though, is, I mean, your guy's PDO right now is, is at 98.9. So there is that suggestion. I know we're not that threshold of being over 103 or below 97. So everybody kind of in that between 97 and 103, you're kind of in that realm of like, okay, they're, they're playing where they should be playing, but there's still wiggle room for this team to be like a, like a smidge better, right? Right up oh, yeah. to 100 PDO. So I, <clears throat> the, the league average for shot is probably, probably where uh, you guys are at uh, nine, nine. And I think I, I was just looking it up. I think it's like nine, seven. So that's going to stay the same. Like, so the, so the difference here, and this is where that argument still sticks. I think, um, Calder's extremely re- like that. That's the most believable one for Lankanen. But if they, considering how far they could fall to being league average in goaltending, and I think they're at nine thirteen right now, and league average is around like nine oh three or something like that. So they're falling like ten percentage points. That's again, I'm just throwing another throwing another dart in the old <laughs> the old best <laughs> candidacy. I. I'm higher on this guy probably because I'm not as close, but yeah, he's set. Uh, you, you could be pretty happy. Now, um, hey, we got to tell some Red Wings stories here because, you know, Chicago, <laughs> you guys are fine. I, I will throw out there too. I, I, I did want to ask, like, um, it, it's one of the things that popped in my head probably a couple weeks ago, but now it seems like less of an issue. But, you know, Chicago, Detroit, and I think Ottawa, like, it's funny. We've all played our games. Uh, <laughs> but uh, going back to like the Discover Central, sticking with that, I, I think it is funny that Detroit and Ottawa is the one, those are the two teams that the league is like, no, get them out there. I don't care how many COVID guys <laughs> they have. Just get Detroit and Ottawa's season done. Um, but you're, yeah, you're, yeah, Chicago yeah. is one of the other teams that uh, have also played. Uh, I'm just guessing because you're at 20, right? There hasn't been a single game rescheduled yet. There. There hadn't been up until Saturday. They okay. decided to. So I, I did talk about this last week. Um, they decided to. We were supposed to have a back to back against Carolina in Carolina on Friday and Saturday. We played the game on Friday and then they postponed the one on Saturday so that Carolina could play Tampa. Gotcha. Yeah. All so right. I, well, think, yeah, I think the reasoning behind yeah. that. Yeah. The reasoning behind that was because we had already played so many games. And uh, throughout the season, we only had like uh, more than two days off twice since the beginning of the season. So I guess the league just decided, look, Chicago's played X amount of games. Um, Let's just give them the three days off. And then they have those three days and they can go to Columbus or whatever, do whatever they, they do. And then they'll play on Tuesday after playing on Friday. And then we'll just get Tampa rolling, I guess, after they got postponed. So. So here, um, my conspiracy yeah. with all that, by the way, is just I think the league just wants to erase the conversation when it comes to uh, you've got the North Division and then the Central. 
if, if any team's like, you know what? I didn't get my eight games against Detroit this year. So <laughs> put in my extra four points uh, before we calculate the points percentage. But I, I'm, I, I'm deadly serious. I think there's something, I think there's something to that. So where they can just go, you know what? Everybody got their Detroit games. All right. So be quiet over there. Um, and and uh, I'm allowed to make those jokes. Um, all right. Uh, but what I was going to say was, was, uh, a couple weeks ago, this is how far I can digress from where my points were going. Uh, you guys had so many more games uh, than what was going on in the Central, along with and along with Detroit. It yeah. did kind of feel like eventually everybody was going to catch up. But now, when you look at the standings, sure, Chicago's goal differential is zero right now. But uh, I mean, your 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 competition is Columbus, who's also played twenty games. But you, you could easily point to their negative 10 goal differential. And, of course, you've got three points on them as well. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you feel like right now, is, does it still feel like it, it could shatter at any moment? I mean, besides the fact that you have two games against us coming up this weekend. <laughs> uh, so you've got to feel pretty good about that. But uh, yeah. does it feel like, are you, are you nervous? Are you, are you waiting for it to just break at any point? I mean, honestly... No, I I don't. I mean, we've been playing pretty. We've been playing pretty sustainable hockey. I mean, we're still winning despite all of the gaps that we're making in our defensive end. Like there are times where we are swimming, like literally swimming on ice in our own defensive zone. There is no reason the puck can't be out of our out of our zone, or like I don't know how we keep it out of the net, but we somehow do. Um, a lot of the times we don't, right? Because it's just that's the way it is. Yep. Especially when Zadorov is on the ice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's despite definitely all, uh... <laughs> despite all that, for that, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, despite all that, we're we're still where we are, and I mean, if we fall, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't see it happening. I mean, the, Tampa Bay has been. I I, I expect Tampa to be tops. They've right. only played 16 games. They'll get up there. Columbus has been kind of tough. Like they, it, it looks like they're still trying to figure out, you know, their team chemistry. And obviously we know what type of, the type of talent line a is, but so far in the games that we've played against Columbus, we've had their number. I mean, we've, uh, I believe we're winning the season series um, so far against the Columbus, uh, Columbus blue jackets. And um, yeah, every game that we've played against them, They've been close. Uh, they've been a lot of uh, a lot of barn burners, a lot of shootouts um, in terms of like back and forth chances. But right, you know, we've 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 come out ahead. So I don't think. I mean, there's also probably, Dallas. That's yeah, clear. I was gonna say we're, also probably, we're forgetting Dallas because they've played only 13 games. Yeah, but they've lost all. They've lost their past five games. Yeah, I'm still. I'm looking at that point points percentage and going. Yeah. Hey, how? Hanging on like that, good gravy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, I guess yeah. With with, uh, with Dallas, there, I, I think that's probably that's me <laughs> far overlooking probably the the closer of uh, of any real threat, and and especially with the points percentage. So let's let's say they, you know, what what a point percentage is going to mean to them if they can get on a win streak, and I think. Right now, we're probably in that realm where not everybody's going to finish a season. So each one of those wins, each one of those points that they get is going to make. It's actually going to have more value, I, I guess, in my in my opinion, with, with 
less games played. Um, yeah. If they get, you know, depending on, especially depending on who they have left. And I know they've only played us a couple, couple of times. So when you compare, you know, I, I know it's still four games. We're comparing six games to four games in regards to what Dallas has. And I'm, I'm sitting, this is ridiculous for, for anybody <laughs> listening. They're right now doing the math going, wait, he's just considering every game against Detroit is a loss. Look, <laughs> that's what happens. All right. I, I've been burned so many times in the last couple of weeks. We get a win. And then I go ahead on the DraftKings, which, by the way, use promo code THPN when you're <laughs> signing up with DraftKings to unlock uh, some, um, what do you call them, exclusive offers. Yes. Go on to DraftKings. I'm like, you know what? Wings are looking pretty hot. They've they've got they've got the Panthers number. <laughs> Light it up. Give me give me the money line on this, and I try to build some parlay because I think we're gonna <laughs> really make out. And uh, yeah, like it hurts me financially and mentally yeah. at this yeah. point. So yeah, I am gonna go ahead and say every game going forward is lost. But yeah, I guess I guess the the best way to wrap that up is. Um, <laughs> So what, what he's saying, what he's saying, listeners, is is to bet against the Detroit Red Wings in every game Absolutely. that they play, and, and maybe you'll uh, you won't hurt as much in the wallet as, I, as Matt. God, we've even done. Um, so for anybody that that is interested, if uh, if you are just an NHL fan, we do our uh, bodpodcast.com slash Red Wings rant. We do our blogs. Uh, we just did our first pregame uh, video, so not part of the podcast or the vodcast, just us doing a pregame video and throwing in our predictions and our whole group. We all picked Detroit in the last game against Nashville. It just the only question that was thrown out was who was in net, and not for one second did we go, "Oh, did we make six or seven trades for different forwards?" No. Oh, okay. Like we <laughs> we summed it up to Bernier being in net because he has been fantastic, but there were no questions about. Um, yeah, how long has Mantha been on a goalless streak? And uh, yeah, what is it? One point and how many six? Games. I mean, it's um, for Detroit. It it is ugly, and this is where we transition into <laughs> what's going on and what we thought this conversation was going to be about all season. Um, I even thought we had some hope going into the the third and fourth game uh, against Chicago that we were going to. St- I I really said, you know what, we're going to give it back to them. That was what we said on the podcast. The, look out, guys. We're <laughs> We're getting healthier. We're going to come back. We're going to steal a couple of wins. And, um, you know, uh, one of the things I think is ignored a lot or um, kind of thrown to the side, even by Red Wings fans, is how hard we actually were hit by COVID. Um, Even our GM, Steve Eiserman, threw out in his press conference two days, no, yesterday, um, how surprised he was that the league didn't shut the wings down. Um, and, and again, going back to my conspiracy that they want to <laughs> no, make sure all those Wings games get out of the way. But yeah, I mean, we, we've had our top six forwards out of the lineup and something that before the season started, you know, my, my brother and I in our episodes for the preview, we said teams will get shut down when their top six forwards are out because that's that's bad for PR. Um, but no, it, uh, it didn't happen for the Red Wings. We just had to persevere. We had to go into Chicago shorthanded. Uh, we went about three weeks shorthanded. I mean, even now when we go into this weekend series, we have our, uh, one of our top six forwards, Tyler Bertuzzi for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks fans that uh, don't know the entire roster off the top of your head. I mean, this is a guy that for us is really the key to start the engine for our power play. 
And I'm basing a lot of that on statistics, considering we are now 0 for 38, I think, on the power play. Yeah. Uh, 38 chances in a row. Maybe we hit 40. <laughs> um, like, And he's the only one that's actually putting up points and goals. So since he's been out, it's been even worse. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's we, we do lack talent. And if we had a full roster, yeah. We're still going to struggle. We're not finishing above 500. But, uh, I mean, those, those are the first two games where we really got hit was uh, the first two games in Chicago, and we never really got our head back above water. Now, this, mm-hmm. is, this is the Detroit Red Wings side where it's like, you know, <laughs> we, we're competing in games right now, but we could really be competing. Are we going to win them? I don't know. It's still the same. Like, it's still Bill Larkin and Anthony Mantha who aren't scoring. So – can I really say that with them playing on the same line that all of a sudden they're going to start scoring? If Bertuzzi's in there, maybe, maybe a couple of extra points here or there. But um, I, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that th- this, this season is a struggle, but it has been a little bit worse than people are giving it credit to in regards to our bad luck. I, I really, th- I mean, especially if you're going over 40 on the power play, Yeah, that is, beyond what a graph is even going to show when our, you know, top hockey analysts are putting whatever their favorite graph is together to analyze everybody's special teams. I mean, we're, we're breaking barriers that would be on that. We're, we're forcing the top NHL analysts to actually spread the range of whatever they're measuring in regards to power play with how bad we are. Um, And, and that's, that's, again, I, I think, it can be attested quite a bit to that lack of talent. But, uh, yeah, I think when this season's all wrapped up, I, I think we'll still be coming back to – and part of it is PR. Part of it's a please buy season tickets next year. We were this close. <laughs> but there, there's a the massive element of truth in regards to losing some of the guys that we've lost and saying that this season's been bad, but I think we could have fought back a little bit better had COVID not gotten in the way. Had, had we had uh, games canceled, like almost every other team <laughs> in the league has had games canceled. Um, so so with that, uh, I guess the way to transition it is um, the last word, and th- this is the forward we as Wings fans think is the difference maker. Uh, the last word on Tyler Bertuzzi is from our head coach, Jeff Blaschel, saying we have no idea when he's coming back. Here's the thing. Uh, we're probably going to talk about it in our show. It means a great deal for you Chicago Blackhawks fans that are crossing your fingers for another two wins. Um, I will say there, there's an element to that. And um, I guess I guess what's funny is you've probably already heard this conversation if you're listening to Red Wings rant, uh, because this will be following that conversation. <laughs> but I, I think the the best thing going for the Chicago Blackhawks, for any team in the Central right now, is the decision-making on the rosters, hearing that Tyler Bertuzzi really has no timetable for return, uh, because I think we've officially given up. I think what we're going to see is piling on. I think we're going to see the, the team start to fade away. They've been fighting really hard, uh, and especially with a team that can't even cross the blue line on the power play. Uh, we, I mean, that, that's our biggest struggle is just entries. Uh, on the power play, which is insane to me. Uh, when you have that, you have an advantage and to really struggle like that. Um, 
But yeah, I think, uh, and we'll we'll touch on this too on, on the show, but it, it was one of our worst forwards. He's been listed as the lowest value return of any forward in the league is Franz Nielsen uh, by people much smarter than me, Dom uh, Lechizen uh, from The Athletic, always has him on his, his ratings of comparing uh, the amount you're spending on a forward, what you're getting back production-wise. Here's, here's how you sum up this tank is happening and how, how good and the gravy that'll <laughs> the gravy train coming through on Chicago. Nielsen was placed on our first line in practice uh, today. Uh, so while we're recording this. So uh, to, to sum that all up, <laughs> I, I think it's official. Um, you know, it does hurt that we don't have Tyler Bertuzzi. I think there's an element uh, to it of, of losing Tyler and saying we probably could have snuck in a couple extra wins here and it wouldn't look as hideous to look at the standings. Um, but yeah, I think, I think long story short, when we're, we're taking a look at who's going to win this weekend, I think the tank is officially on with that roster decision. So yeah. I, you know, I know Franz Nielsen, um, he, he definitely had a bigger name in the NHL when he was with uh, the Islanders. Yep. And uh, I mean, probably getting those bonus points uh, from Tavares, but yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, it is one of those things that he fell and he, he fell hard and uh, a guy that he was actually uh, went through waivers less than a week ago is now on your first line. I think, I really do think this is, this is that sign, um, uh, you know, and, and you could draw so many lines. Uh, Steve Eiserman just had the press conference with the media which pretty much said we're open for business for trades, right? That, that's a huge sign that your team is done and you're tanking. Uh, but I think this decision is really where it puts it, uh, you know, past past whatever you want to say uh, is going behind the curtains when you're doing press conferences, whatever the GM's doing, and the difference between that and what's on the ice, because now what's on the ice is one of our worst forwards on the, on the first line. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what you want to do with that, Grant, but um, – I think that's the best way to sum up. I, I'm I'm going to be putting money anywhere else besides Detroit for the rest of the season. <laughs> um, that that was a long monologue. Uh, that was that was a tough one. Um, <laughs> I didn't have a clear direction when I started, but I think we can all see how close we, we are as Red Wings fans to uh, to being depressed, or if we're not there yet, how close we all are, um, or how deep. Some of us might be, but uh, yeah, that's uh, the long and short of it. Now, I'm great. I'm so glad you're laughing because I bet this sounds awful. Right now. <laughs> I think we're going to be getting uh, emails and messages, and DMs checking in on us now. So Are you that, okay, that Yeah, right. <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah, look, look at this smile. Don't look at the tears <laughs> that are streaming down my cheeks right now. Look, look at this smile. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's probably a healthy bet that if... Uh, if you're listening to this portion right now, Matt probably cut down about half that monologue. Grant, I don't want to put any work on you, any undue pressure to edit that down, but holy crap, was that depressing. But yeah, um, after 10 minutes of tirade there, uh, we are Red Wings Rant after all. Yes. Um, how good does it feel to know you've got a tanking team coming in? I mean, it's, yeah, I'll take the two wins. I'll take the two Ws. <laughs> uh, it's so hard to dissect because it's just kind of like, yeah, we did make decisions to make it a tank. Yeah. I mean, it's it's tough because like you don't want to be making excuses for your team, right? That's right. one of the biggest things. 
And I mean, if I can say we were hit with COVID as well, the Blackhawks were, and we did lose some pretty significant pieces. We lost the Brinkett, we lost Walmart, we lost Bokefist, uh, we lost, uh, I think Carpenter was out for a little while as well. Um, but we lost, we lost quite a few of our offensive firepower. Patrick Kane was still in there, so we were fine. But, you know, the fact that we were still able to win games, yeah. um, it just, it, again, I, I'm not trying to, you know, as, as, as much fun as it is, I, I'm not trying to, to put more salt on the wound, but, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard because you really, really need to, to, to have that kind of, um, to have that locker room mentality. And I think that's where Detroit struggles is that they don't have that. They don't have that oomph to win. They don't have the desire or the will to, to just be like, you know what? I don't care that we're shorthanded today. We're going to give it our all and play our best. And that's all we can really do. And I think that has kind of permeated the locker room in the Chicago Blackhawks uh, organization. A lot of it has to do with obviously our leadership and Patrick Kane, who, you know, I think since becoming a father this past summer has, has really matured. And, you know, now that I think he's accepted that, you know, he needs to take on more of a mentorship role with our younger guys. He's really excelled in that. Duncan Keith obviously continues to play the way he's playing. Um, in fact, Duncan Keith was, uh, was starting to get a little annoyed with, uh, with all the people asking him, Oh, like, how's, uh, how's, uh, Bokefist or, uh, or Ian Mitchell coming along? How are you enjoying, like, you know, you know, being a mentor and all these things. And he's like, they're, they're grown ass kids. Like they're, they're grown ass men. Like, I don't need to, I don't need, basically he was like, I don't need to wipe their ass. Like they, they play the way they play. I give them pointers. That's it. They take it or they leave it and they just play like this. But like that, that already shows you the expectation in that locker room. I don't care if you're a rookie. I don't care that you've only played 13, 20 NHL games. You're in this locker room to win. And that's what is expected of you each and every single day. If your opportunity, if your number calls uh, comes up and the opportunity comes up, then you play. And everybody has really, really bought into that. I mean, you watch the guys play, uh, Brandon Hagel, uh, you know, Philip Kurashev, you watch all these rookies come in and step into the lineup seamlessly, seamlessly. They haven't had any hiccups or anything like that uh, to begin the season. Um, on defense, it's been a little bit, you know, like Ian Mitchell have made, has made a few mistakes, as I mentioned. Um, Bokefist is still learning. Zadorov has been a train wreck. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm learning that. <laughs> <laughs> so you might get some goals from uh, from from Zdorov, courtesy of Zadorov. So uh, you know you should you should maybe if you have like an individual bet for amount of goals against because of one player, maybe maybe take it on Zadorov. But um, but yeah, I mean it's it's uh, I think that's where you know Stevie Eiserman knows how to win, and I think. Once he translates that, once he shows the guys in that locker room what it takes to be a winning franchise, I think, you know, you guys will be on your way. You just need some, you just need a few guys to step into the room who, you know, kind of can go about their business and, and show the kids, you know, who to, like, how to play. Essentially. Yeah, and I, I think one of the best things he said, uh, 
said this week, and it, I mean, this this works for Chicago as well. It works for everybody. This this wasn't a statement about his team, but it was a statement about hockey. And it, it's something for Red Wings fans uh, that <laughs> I, I really hope they take to heart. And it it's goals and assists and making those plays. What he said, that's that's instinct. He said, that's that's how you made it to this league. You're not coaching guys. You're not developing guys to learn how to score goals and make assists. Um, so <laughs> to that, I mean, the, the whole point he brought that up actually is because of the struggles and where he wants to see, uh, see the team focusing uh, from, from a development standpoint is, is how to play tighter, how to play a better defensive game, and what to do when you're, you're winning those, those battles on the boards and, you know, the, the types of things of like when to pinch, like the, that's where you're building on hockey smarts, you know, making those decisions. I, I think that's, that's where Steve Eiserman wants this team to move to. Um, but to your point and, and needing those guys in the locker room, I, I think Steve was almost making a comment that uh, this team's not just missing like that, that gumption, that last push to win. I, I think he was making a comment that they just don't have the goal scoring. They don't have these. And I'm not really breaking any, you know, I'm not like <laughs> knocking the wall down here and everybody's going, oh, wow. Yeah, that's probably right. They don't have any talent. I just think it's huge that a GM, and this is me making a lot of connections. I'm taking maybe too big of a step to make the connection, but I, I'm pretty sure that's where he's coming from. I, I think he's speaking to the fan base. He's speaking to the media and partially when I said he was saying they were open for business for trade talks, uh, that's where this conversation came from, but he's pretty much saying like, look, we don't have it right now. We're not going to win. And again, that's why we're open for business. That's why anybody, you can come in trade, just send us traffic. But even the guys that we're really high on, uh, even a guy like Mantha who just got a four year deal and not a super high contract for a top line winger at, at five mil a year. Um, you know, you, you, you don't see that number and, and shake or anything like that compared to, yeah. you know, what Chicago's got going on. Um, but it's still, it puts some top three guys getting paid on this team. Uh, and Eiserman's pretty much saying like, look, if these guys were going to be scoring goals and getting assists, it's, it would have already happened. Like, it, it's not something that we're hoping Jeff Blaschel's going to do something coaching wise. Then all of a sudden it's going to click all of a sudden these guys are elite talent. Um, and I, I, to, to your point of, of, you know, <laughs> keeping these guys butts clean, uh, I think to that end, all that poo poo is just the goals and assists. Like that's where these kids got to this league because they had that, they had that talent. Not everybody has elite talent. They're definitely more talented than you and I, uh, well, actually, you know, Grant, I won't speak for you. They're definitely more talented no, than me. You um, can say that, yeah. <laughs> So it's all about fitting in a scheme and making that work eventually. And a lot of these guys that are on, you know, both of these teams, you can probably say a large percentage of them are trying to fit holes rather than be the, the guy that's out being the Patrick Kane. Um, so with that, I, I just, I, I guess to, to kind of double up on your point, agree with you um, and definitely give you that nod. Like you, you are seeing like the right thing. You're you're saying the right things, and you're seeing what we're seeing as Red Wings fans. And now you also saw uh, exactly what Eisman was speaking on. And um, you know we're getting we're getting close to uh, to an hour here, so I don't want to keep <laughs> you uh, too much longer. Um, but I mean, I I feel like there ain't there ain't too many different ways to dissect what's going on with the Wings. I think um, 
the main point here for this this conversation uh, for Blackhawks fans to hear is is that the Red Wings have, have made some subtle, um, maybe maybe passive aggressive at times comments about their talent, but more subtle nods that they are open for business. Uh, so to that end, hey, probably uh, two free wins. Yeah. We'll yeah, I, I think I think if the wings are going to be getting wins from now on moving forward, and I, I think one of the things that's going to change is uh, I think our top goaltender, Jonathan Bernier, might be headed out sooner rather than later, uh, especially due to COVID. I think you want to get these guys traded well before the trade deadline if there's yeah. a possibility. Um, I, I think he just played himself off the team the last couple of weeks because <laughs> he's doing too good. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, put this nice little bow on there it's just that uh we're gonna see the red wings start making moves that are just gonna probably damper the morale in the locker room um and that's because these guys aren't gonna be here when this team is playoff worthy so break some hearts uh but it's fine uh you're, you're gonna what's the old saying you're gonna crush people's spirits to make an omelet i think is the uh i'm kidding it's cracking yeah, you eggs like but you're, you're <laughs> face. <laughs> something like that yeah, yeah. That's that's what we'll have to do to get this team into into winning form. Um, I mean, yeah, for for Blackhawks fans, I mean, the only name you're probably going to recognize in the next couple of years, because um, I, I I fear for how long Mantha's going to stick around with his getting benched uh, so often and losing minutes. But uh, mm-hmm. it's probably just going to be Dylan Larkin at this point. Yeah. Um, but I feel bad for that kid too. You know, it's one of those things like you, you did make mention of of like we don't have that guy that um, will will a victory. I think he has the will and I think he's a great captain. I just don't think he's not going to be Patrick Kane. He's he's yeah. not going to go out there and have whoever's, you know, hey, this is who my center is today. All right you're going to get two or three points today. Like it's, it's yeah. just not who Dylan Larkin is. It's not who he's ever going to be, but he does have the heart. Like he, he is hockey. Like he's everything about hockey. He's probably going to be great in the Olympics. Uh, I, I bet he's, he's going to bleed. He's going to bleed one extra color. Uh, that's going to be blue. Uh, besides the red and white, he's usually bleeding. And um, I, I think that's going to be great for the Olympics. I think he's really going to look like a star there, especially with some better talent around him. Cause he'll be <laughs> the guy mucking it up. He'll be the yeah. guy that's getting his nose dirty, but yeah. um, that I'm probably breaking Red Wings fans hearts right now, but that that's probably the best word we're going to expect is like his best season will be something like upwards of 60 points, uh, 70 points. He's going to look great. He's going to be this leader in the locker room. He's always going to skate hard, but mm-hmm. He will not sniff a heart trophy his whole career. And that's fine. That's fine. Just yeah. saying. Just saying. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm taking, uh, like, you're supposed to come in and take the pot shots. And here I am running my team into the ground just out of frustration. At this point. But um, yeah, I think, uh, I, I don't know if you have any parting thoughts, but I know, uh, I know I've, I've talked myself into quite a hole here with Red <laughs> So I, I should probably shut up at some point. No, I mean, I think I think you've uh, you've said basically everything that I've wanted to say. And I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, there's there's really nothing else more to say. I mean, I am looking forward to our matchup this weekend. Uh, That's good. I'm looking forward to the two W's. Um, and <laughs> you know, just just hang in there. You know, 
Hang in no, there. Because this is what's gonna happen now. Is there <laughs> the wings are gonna win both games? Yeah, and I'm gonna yeah, get chirped exactly. at the entire time of what a terrible exactly. Red Wings fan I am. <laughs> yeah, well, right after this, right after this series, we'll be playing the Tampa Bay Lightning three straight. So that is going to determine Ooh. where we'll be for the rest of the season, I believe. Um, you know what? I'm yeah, glad there's you six points. That that's I mean, for Red Wings fans, we had the conversation last year. We said uh like start looking around for these other games to watch because you just get to, get to know the rest of the NHL, know where you want to park your horse. Um, and I, that is huge. I, I didn't know you guys were about to go up against the Lightning. That yep. I mean, that right there, that's that's like your first playoff series of the season. Um, yep. So if you you take two out of three right there. I I don't know. That, that could be it. That that I think you nailed it. That's like the series for the Blackhawks to say is this is this legit? Yeah. Well, I mean, you look at you look at this past month. We've only we've had three losses in the month of February, and two, four, seven wins. So March is going to be tough because we play Tampa three, and then Dallas twice, Florida twice, Tampa twice, Florida twice, Nashville twice. So you know those are going to be the teams that are that were expected to be in the playoff hunt. Um, probably have and an obviously, time with yeah. Nashville. I'm gonna say, yeah, but that's like at the end of the. It might uh, you know we never know. We <laughs> never know. Maybe that. they'll figure it out. Maybe they'll start playing better. I I doubt it because Nashville's right. just trash. So, um, you know. Anyway, but but yeah, I mean, well, I, I think it, it's th- this next month. March is going to be obviously the defining. I mean, for everybody too. I mean, it's it's right around playoff time. So, um in terms of the shortened season. So uh, I, I think we're really going to understand the type of team um, that the Chicago Blackhawks are next month when we actually start playing, when we start playing tougher competition. I don't want to say actually playing tougher competition because huh? the competition we've played so far obviously has been stiff as well. I mean, Carolina, Columbus, there are no slouches. Um, and of course, Detroit, you do have your problems, but, there is parity in this league. Any team can beat any team on any given night. So, again, you cannot take anybody lightly. Um, I don't you know think you, we'll be taking Detroit lightly. So, but you, I am looking forward to the two Ws. You can't take away from us is we will show up uh, for all three periods um, wearing mm-hmm. our jerseys and our skates. So yep. we'll actually we'll be we <laughs> haven't missed a game yet this year. <laughs> that Sorry, is something I, that we can definitely count on, I guess. <laughs> I, I will say, well, look out if, if 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 there's one thing that um and and we'll probably go over this in our our episode in a conversation with my brother, but if there's one thing to look out for. I am kind of hopeful. There's uh our our Svechnikov, uh who's who's the brother of the much better in Carolina. Um, I do he is called up right now. He's just been a healthy scratch so far, or he's been in our taxi squad. Um. I for Blackhawks fans, if they want something interesting to look for in this Red Wing series, besides um, seeing how many times Lankinen can do a cartwheel uh, <laughs> in the net and watch him knock everything away, uh, would be an opportunity to see our Svechnikov and see if he can actually play up to his first round draft pick status. Um, yeah, I, that, that's probably it. I, I, I that popped in the old noggin. I, I wanted to you. you I'm just, just so negative about everything going on with the Red Wings. So it's like, is there anything positive right now? Um, 
<laughs> maybe Spechnikov will pull something off. Um, all right. Grant, thank you so much. Uh, I hope we can uh, connect again. Maybe it'll maybe we'll be closer in the standings and the Red Wings go on, on a 10 game. Yeah, isn't that anything can happen? Hey, anything can happen. It's so hard to wrap these up now because at the beginning of the season, I could just be like, all right, after this series, we'll be in first. And now it's. If you believe it, you can achieve it. Yes. See, you should be hosting the Red Wings podcast because I just bring everybody down. I'm just like, all right, here's our expected goals again. Guess what? You're terrible. Still bad. Um, <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for coming out again, man. I hope uh, Blackhawks fans, you enjoyed my uh, teardown of my own team. <laughs> Thank you so much for jump uh, for letting me come on. And uh, yeah, always fun to jump on and, and talk to you. And uh, hopefully it'll be soon. Yeah, next time, I promise, I'm going to take some forced breaths so that you can, <laughs> I don't go on more 10-minute monologues. All right, thanks, man. Yeah, this is going to be this is going to be an hour and twenty one minute banger for me. So this is uh, oh, this nice. is perfect. All right, <laughs> fitted a bunch of uh, hockey podcast network show ads in there. Yes, sir. Yes, or sir. Or no, maybe just one. They're kind of long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> taking a taking a shot. All right. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. All right. <laughs>